Welcome to Walking in His Word, everybody. Coming at you from Cornerstone Church in Highland, Michigan. It's a thankful Thursday, and I'm thankful for today. We mm. are finally in February. <laughs> That's right. And it's nice to get January behind you. Um, I'm not a big fan of winter, so the closer that we can get to spring, the better. Yeah. Spring is my favorite season. I, I didn't know that spring is your favorite season. There's one thing, though, that's absolutely terrible about spring. What's terrible about spring? You know, the pollen in the air. It okay. just feels like it gives you that scratchy throat. Yeah. And you get kind of that sneezy, whatever, and, and your eyes get watery, especially if you're <laughs> doing like landscaping and, and work around the house, like outside, yeah. I mean, work around the like yard. You're like, oh, you get to stir <laughs> all that pollen up, you know? Yeah. But, but, but I will say, it's, I love to see things coming back to life. The flowers bloom, the grass get green. Yeah. Oh, I love to see it. I love it so much. It's uh, like, mm, it's a return, man. It's it's like a resurrection. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's a reminder that Jesus is going to return. It really is. Come on. Come on. Well, you were talking about that, and it reminded me of something Pastor Tim is going to talk about today, talking about being an over comer. That was one of the things that he's talking about, man. How shall we live, right? This title of this message we've been doing all week, how shall we live? Be an overcomer. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's there's another thing about spring, and maybe this is because I, I kind of grew up or for a while uh, lived on a farm or and, and worked on a, on a farm for multiple years, lived on a, or worked on a cattle farm for two years um, out of high school. And <clears throat> one of the things about spring is it's muddy. Yeah. On the farm, it's muddy. It's, oh, my goodness. It's because ve- everything is just wet, but you have to get through the mud to get to summer. You know, we, we, we've talked about that idea like, man, it's blooming and all the, all the flowers are up. The fields are turning green again. The leaves are starting to bud and grow mm-hmm. and the flowers are springing up. But to get to that, you got to go through some mud first. True. And I just want to encourage you, man, that's be an overcomer. Mm-hmm. You, you can do it. You can get through that mud. You can get through that muddy season. You can get through that difficulty because God's got something for you. Ah, ah wonderful word. Thanks, Pastor Aaron. Let's get to the message. We're living in a time in which our culture mocks and ridicules and does not believe but rejects the testimony of the Word of God. But we are God's church, and we will be vigorous and rigorous in our standing and defense of the truth of God's Word. We need to be faithful. He was faithful even on the Lord's day to be in the Spirit. The Bible says when end times come, there will be those that will not be faithful to the house of the Lord, to the assembling of ourselves together. But John banished to this prison. It was the Lord's Day, which was Sunday. And on the Lord's Day, he's in the Spirit, means he's worshiping the Lord, being faithful on that Sunday to put God first. And God honored that by coming to him in this great revelation and revealed to him Jesus Christ. Faithful. He was faithful to the very end. And I've shared this with you before. I want more than anything for God to say to me, well done, good and faithful servant, to be faithful to the very end of my journey. Start well, live well, 
finish well, die well. To begin in faith, to walk in faith, to die in faith. Somebody have that testimony here? That's your desire? Say amen. Be a faithful witness. Number two, be ready for his return. For the Bible tells us in Revelation 1 verse 3 that the time is near. The time is near. Like I said, it's, some people look at it as for the last 2,000 years we are going on this journey to the time of his return. But I believe that for 2,000 years we've been journeying, walking right along the edge of his return. So every generation believes for the Spirit of God just quickens them that his coming is soon, can be at any time to live a life of readiness and a life of watchfulness. How shall we live? Let's be ready. Let's be watchful. Jesus gives us a wonderful parable in Luke chapter 12. He talks about this idea of constant readiness. Well, I say daily readiness. Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. And you yourselves be like men who had to wait for their master. When he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Surely I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Three, three comments on this short parable. The Bible says that their lamps were to be burning. Is your heart on fire? That lamp signifying the burning heart or burning passion on fire for Jesus. I'm the light of the world. I have not allowed things to just overcome that light or dampen that light or hide that light. My lamp's burning. I, got, I still got my passion. The Bible says that they need to wait, wait on the master, the idea of serving, serving, serving. My heart's burning. I'm still serving Jesus, and I'm living in a constant readiness. Constant readiness. I don't need to get ready today. I'm ready. I'm faithful. I'm alive unto God. I'm honoring God. And if he should come today, tonight, tomorrow, Within the year, I'm living a life of readiness. I'm not going to be ashamed at his coming because I'm doing things I ought not to be doing. But I am honoring the Lord, serving the Lord, keeping my heart right with God, putting God first, doing what I know he has called me to do in a constant state of readiness. The time is near. Jesus is coming. Don't allow the iniquity to cause your love to wax cold. I talked about the seven letters to the seven churches and what church would I like to be? Philadelphia. I don't want to be Laodicean. 
rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, they would say, but they're poor and wretched, blind and naked. Who wants to be that type of church? And I certainly don't want to be the Ephesian church that had left their first love. But I want to be like the Philadelphia church, ready, faithful. Hmm. So the Bible tells us that we need to be faithful witnesses, that we need to be ready. Uh, how about this one? Be an overcomer. I love verse 5. It talks about this in verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to our God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Just living that life of overcoming. In other words, to him who loved us, being rooted and grounded in love enables us to overcome fear. The Bible says, washed from our sins, daily forgiveness enables us to overcome condemnation from the enemy. He made us kings. This is all about, when the Bible talks about you being a king, that's all about authority. It's all about authority. His authority has been granted unto you as a king. You exercise that authority. That means you do not have to give in to or, or, or allow the enemy into your life. You have authority over him. You can submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. He's made you a king. And what do kings have? Authority. And so you are to exercise that authority. Not only as a king, but also as a priest. Priests have access into the presence of God to minister to God, to bring our prayers before God. We have bold access into the presence of the Lord. He's made us kings. Let's exercise our authority over the enemy. He's brought us or made us priests. Let's enter into the presence of God. Let's serve him, pray to him, seek him, intercede, minister to him. There's a great verse in 1 Peter chapter 2 where Peter was writing to the church and he says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And Pastor Luke, I don't think that most of the time as American Christians reading that verse, we don't grasp the, the full weight of what that meant to, especially to the Jewish Christians in the early church that Peter was writing to here in in First Peter, because they would understand the incredible weight of a a royal priesthood. That's true. Because the the priesthood and the royal bloodline, those were two separate things. You know, up until Jesus, there was never a priest who was also king. Mm -hmm. There there was there was great kings, and there were these great priests. You know, even even. Uh, prophet would, would be interchangeable with those. You know, Samuel was a great priest and a great prophet. David was a great king and a great prophet, but there was never a royal priest. Yeah. And Peter's saying, listen, Jesus was that royal priest, but now 
we get to become joint heirs with him. Mm -hmm. God has made us a royal priesthood and a holy nation. We are called to be set apart from this world. God is calling us to overcome this world. Yes, we will have trials and tribulations in this world. That is a promise from Jesus. But he said, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And I just want to encourage you today that, man, you can live at a higher standard than what the world is living. Mm -hmm. You can overcome the struggles and challenges that you're facing today. God is calling you to become a royal a royal priesthood and a holy nation. He's calling you out, set apart, calling you to live at a holy, set apart level that this world knows not of. It's important that we see ourselves as God sees us mm -hmm. and not to take our self-worth from how people see us, talk about us. Whew, come on, let's go. Because <laughs> if we take our our confidence mm -hmm. and our cue from people, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll lose all confidence. We'll lose our, our way. If we take it from the Lord and keep our eyes on him and we hear how, how, he, how he cares for us, mm -hmm. he calls us his special possession in yeah. that scripture. Yeah. God doesn't care about silver and gold yeah. like we do. Right. Come on. That's good. He cares about people. Mm. We could learn a lot from that. <laughs> we sure could. All right, we'll be we right sure back could. here. Uh, radio, family, podcast, right. whoever, however you're listening to this uh, Friday. That's right. Walking, Walking in, in his, his word. word. Thank you for listening to our show today. You can find more information at our website, cornerstonehighland.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We'd love to see you at church one day. Please do not be a stranger.